the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, pod people. Leo Phillips here. We are back with another edition of This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music. Every single week, we bring you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the performance scene with some of, I think, the most exciting names on this gigantic big spongy globe. I talk to my guests all about passion. We talk about their first concerts insights into the creative mind during this truly unusual and important time and everything in the juicy center today i'm delighted to be joined by anna perot from one of my favorite bands heinz it's like kind of like the way we face all that bullshit is like yelling louder than them you know (laughs) i covered them many many years ago at a festival in barcelona called Primavera Sound, which if you are a constant listener, you know I'd blab and blush about all the time. And a little bit about this band, if you haven't heard of them, the Madrid-based rockers actually first made their name for raucous live shows and really, really electric garage rock right off of their 2016 debut Leave Me Alone. As the years have gone by, though, they've further refined and enriched their sound, growing more confident and boisterous without losing any edge. And last week, which is this week, which is any week, whenever you are listening to this, it marks the release of their third record, The Prettiest Curse, which expands the band's sound to include more instruments, more production, and a whole lot more energy. In this conversation, which actually was recorded in February, which was 1,000, approximately 1,000 years ago, I spoke with Anna about telling off misogynist in this very, very complex industry we're in, starting Heinz as a two-piece originally, why it took longer to catch on in their native Spain than the rest of the world, 
and so much more. So let us not be delayed. This is me and Anna. Please, I hope you're taking care of yourselves. And just a reminder that Black Lives Matter movement is not just a hashtag. It's not just a trend. Solidarity is not a trend. Continue. Keep fighting. There is change happening. I promise you. Keep going. If you need more resources and more essential reading, please refer to our Facebook pages and our Instagram pages and check it out and enjoy. How do you prepare yourself mentally and emotionally to go on such a long tour? Well, first of all, I think the the knowledge that you kind of guarantee you're going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of have to be okay with the fact that sometimes it's going to be really, really hard. So um, it's just, it's pretty much, I mean, the good part about now is we've had one year of break of kind of, of break of touring for the first time ever in like six years. So it's been good in the sense of like, now I'm kind of excited about touring again and stuff. But then at the same time, it's bad because we've had a life, you right. know, and like a routine and stuff. And now it's like, okay, bye. You Everything know I learned for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing to me, like to me, what's really like uh, exciting me the most about this album is like, it's pretty different. Um, and I don't know, it's just like, we're singing more in Spanish and that's really refreshing. Or like I'm playing keyboards for the first time and like, fucking four months ago I didn't play any keyboards at all I didn't even owe a keyboard and then now I'm playing it live you know what I mean so it's right. just like it's exciting because it's, it's, it's a bit different so it, it feels like a change you know and that you on the last record it was just guitar that's yeah, all just that guitar. it was and that was kind of like a an idea from all of you to just it was it was an intentional conscious decision totally so now going into this record the prettiest curse how did you learn how to play keys? Had you played them when you were younger or was this no, really No, 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 never. Time? Literally oh. never. <laughs> Nothing. It's crazy. I had no idea. And then I was just like curious. And uh, a friend of mine, like she had some keyboards at her place. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like literally playing like ding dong, ding dong. Okay. It's so, like <laughs> seriously very bad. And I was like, hey, this looks fun. And she's like, hey, your birthday is coming up in two weeks. Do you want, do you want anything specific? Or I can get all of our friends to pitch in a little bit and we'll just give you a keyboard. I was like, oh, that could be fun, like for the long-term future so I can start. And then as this record was coming along and stuff, we were like, oh, my God, like I'm actually going to have to play this very soon and very well. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you get lessons or did you just play more often? Just me. Just me. I mean, to be fair, it's like very intuitive to me I don't know if it is to anyone I haven't talked about it to enough people yet but it's just like guitar is very hard to understand instrument in the sense of like uh, the chords how you play different chords don't make that much sense compared to keyboards like keyboards it's like super easy to find a whole chord I mean not super easy but you know what I mean it's like it's way more intuitive and I don't know it's just Obviously, I'm guessing because of already having the knowledge of guitar where you're like already used to separate the rhythm hand and the solo hand, then that that's kind of the same in, in, in piano. Yeah. How, why did this album call for the piano and call for all those other instruments? Because it's such a dense record. There's a sense that you've embraced these pop songs, yeah. you know, like on good, good, bad times. And of course, just like kids and boy, like there's this really 
wonderful density to it. It's such a great record. It, it, I it's like it, it's it. so <laughs> fucking good, and I'm not even embarrassed to say it. I'm I'm like fully. I'm throwing my weight behind this record. It's I'm so great. So this is making me so 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 happy. Seriously, thank you. It's not only about taking risks for for the four of you. I think it was also about making sure that you are coming out as though people are being introduced to you for the first time and yeah. you're trying things that are new and you can hear the excitement on the record as well. You can hear that you are playing in a rhythm that is a little bit different to what you've done, but obviously it still sounds like you. It's not like it's totally That's how I different. feel. I feel yeah. like it's, it's yeah, just like more Heinz than Heinz, you know, exactly. it's like, yeah. I think if like we would listen to it, like if, if I would put this album to Anna, the Anna of like, six years ago when we started yeah. this band I would be really really proud you know what I mean because it's like it's been like so I think every kind of like the past two records were kind of like a picture like a representation of how the band was at the moment so obviously the first one is super lo-fi DIY kind of like messy and you know like like it's really like a baby record and really like fresh and you could tell we were just starting the band just started playing our instruments etc and then the second one was like after all these years of touring and seeing bands and playing live and stuff so it's more like rocky like proper like we tried like you were saying before just to have the instruments we have live and the recordings were like uh, with our own guitars that we played live you know everything as close as a live show possible so then now obviously for the first time we've, we've stopped and we've had like a year where we were like actually sitting down and being like okay should I, we investigate with that with this we've tried like a bunch of people too because it's, it's not obviously it wasn't the first person we met that was as awesome as Jen who produced this album and made our ideas and craziness happen so it was just like it's really exciting because for the first time this I think is like another an, another step it's not just a picture it's more like we it's a picture of our imagination you know what I mean not the reality just where we would want to be go and then because we created that and like we let ourselves totally flow we did something like somehow a bit bigger because it's not as real and reachable but then I think something that was really good with working with Jen the producer she really liked our kind of like punk attitude so She's like a super polished and dope producer, but that is really punk and fun. So I think we made like the perfect match where she like made everything bigger and helped us. But then at the same time kept saying to Carlota, why don't you yell this? And I want more backing vocals. Come on, everyone in the room now, just yelling whatever you want. Literally, she was like, just yell whatever you want. And like most of it, it's actually on the record. Like if you hear you some of yeah, that, yeah. Right? like mess and, and wildness, which also represents us, you know, which I find is really cool, like the middle oh point. I think there's that particular youthfulness. There's like half buried vocals on Boy, that track. Yeah, exactly and it feels so real. It feels like seeing you guys live as well. I think that that's also something that a lot of fans will really appreciate. Which again, I mean, I'm speaking about these imaginary people. But I think more so than anything, I'm sure you appreciate that you'll be able to do that live. You know, you might not. You While might we not... were recording it, we were already like, right. "Oh my god, I can't! Pl I can't wait to play this live." Yeah. <laughs> like, we're tell me. Yeah. So, tell me which song you're really looking forward to. There's actually a lot. Like, what was you were saying? Like, "Boy" for sure, because it's yeah. like the most like warrior kind of like mm. chanter. Like, I love that one. But then I really like because we've been already like rehearsing it and stuff. I really like playing just like kids, meow, because oh. it's. Like, 
it's super powerful. And I think like when you see us performing that song, because obviously it's like that song, it's all about what's wrong with the music industry and mm -hmm. like, being a girl in a band. And just like all the comments we constantly hear from random people, strangers, industry, like just everything we kept hearing. And it's so empowering to sing it because it's like super fun and punk. It's like kind of like the way we faced all that bullshit is like yelling louder than them. You know? <laughs> so it's like super cool to play live. <laughs> like you go loud, we go louder. Exactly. I can't not wait scared. to hear I can't wait to hear just like kids live. I think there's a lot of times when people are apprehensive about know, like, you uh, know, speaking out not only speaking out, but saying, repeating what others have said. Because sometimes yeah. that triggers me if somebody has said something really mortifying and like really rude i don't even want to repeat what they I said know, you don't want to yeah you don't want to think about it again right yeah you don't want to give yeah. it energy because then it becomes this like beast that you can't tame yeah having this in the structure of the song in the melody that you've put it in there's yeah. a sense of we hear what you're saying and we don't agree and fuck you <laughs> and fuck you, fuck you, fucker. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it was like pretty relieving to to write it to be and pretty easy. Like, because you know, we were used like in the past two albums. It's mainly all the songs were talking about love and personal relationships and stuff. And like in this one, for the first time, we're talking about a whole other world that is also happening to us, and it's as important. You know, like obviously that is a very big issue and a big reality in, in Heinz's life, and it has always been like criticism and, and judgment and stuff. Um, but yeah, like when we wrote it and stuff, it's like very fun to play, and it's like I don't know, it proves the whole point of like you you think you're clever because you're judging someone, but the one that's actually clever is the one that's doing something without feeling judged or without thinking about someone right. judging them, you know? Yeah, it takes a lot to put yourself out there yeah. as a woman, as a you know non-binary person, as a person of color, anyone in the minority within this horrible music industry sometimes yeah. gets put in a place where you do receive the worst type of judgment right and especially yeah. because you you aren't from the u.s or the uk oh my god there's always totally. that like there's always that barrier i feel it too even there's always that barrier of well do you know enough like are yeah. you you know are you the person to be singing to me on a stage it's do you like, deserve it as much right. as i would yeah right. totally but at the same time like that that feeling that you're saying it's just like also i always get this sense of like um, kind of like I have to talk about this not on a, not on a pressure way just like it really motivates me because like for example the way I sometimes when I'm feeling down or someone like whatever when I need someone to help me or something like that apart from the girls obviously I find like a very comforting place in like um, biographies written by women like in the like just from fucking Lily Allen which obviously is more like contemporary to like Patti Smith or Viv Albertine or like just like stories, you know, just like biographies of their own stories of other females that have done it and have gone through the same and the, the same criticism. So if I feel so good and empowered when I read them and when I read all the bullshit they have to go through that I feel like if I write songs or potentially in the future a book or whatever, you know, like someone might hear some other girls might listen to this and feel like, fuck, they're also going through that because like obviously if we don't talk about it, it feels like it doesn't happen. But right. it's just like so little, like right now, the amount of, of women in the music industry are like still a, a vast mi minority, right? So it's like 
the ones that are going through this and like suffering this like fucking harassment of judging and stuff. It's just like, if we don't talk about it, no one will know because there's not that many people going through it. And that's one of the main things I think that could totally destroy a project, like uh, any musical project. Cause like it is a lot of pressure and like, I don't know if I would have been able to be here if it wasn't because of being on a Gerben. Like if I was a solo artist, it would it was like so, so terrible and like so harsh that I don't know if I would have kept going with it. Like you need to be very sure of yourself to like get pull up with all the bullshit, you know? Mm. I love that you mentioned Patti Smith. You brought up such a great point of the fact that we really do need to just have a voice. So even if you are feeling yeah. that you, I don't know, are confused by your own feelings or you don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers, you don't want to create drama, I yeah. think that just being able to speak up, like she said something like, I remember a quote from the book, she said something like, everything distracted me, but most of all, myself. And I think well, like... I just got the goosebumps. You know what I mean? Like, but that, that's yeah. why it stood out. My memory is so shocking. So this is like certain <laughs> things hit and then they stay forever. Um, and then I forget like names of loved ones. But I think that what... I don't. I can't remember the context uh, essentially of what she was saying, but I remember me thinking about that quote. In if you want to say something, it isn't about like what does it feel like being a woman in music. It's more about yeah. like, this is what's happening every day. I'm if I'm writing about relationships and love, this is akin to that. You know, yeah, it's not totally. like it's not like you've chosen a different path. You're still writing about the things that matter to you. Oh, a million percent, and right. like every relationship has two sides of the coin right and like if we miss the female perspective of anything love uh, politics environmental like just anything if you're missing a female point you're missing half of the world's point you know so it's just it's just not right it's not true so just like kids is is named after the biography no but that is such a cool thing that is such a cool connection i'm gonna start lying now and just say I think that you it should. Is. i was just gonna say like if anyone asks you should be like well i read this biography by patty oh my smith God. And you know what i didn't even like she's it is my fucking favorite book ever like my number one book Wow. Thank you for giving me this idea because no, I'm definitely going to lie from now on. <laughs> oh, go for it. It's so much easier. And then all the like really lazy journalists will be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. There's so much culture. They, they There's so much culture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. But so talking about having your space, do you feel like when you were making music prior to Heinz, do you feel like that was a step that you couldn't even envision yourself being a part of this all woman group? Like, did you did you feel supported in your local scene before you got together with the, with the other girls? Heinz is everyone's first band ever. So I literally didn't have like when when I was saying before like when we started the band we were literally going on stage for the first time and like picking up guitars for the first like really really new at everything. Wow. But um, no. In I mean, when we started, especially like we were so young and like, as I was saying, like so like fresh and new and like we made a lot of mistakes and, and that was fine. That was kind of like the, the best part of Heinz back then, I think, was like the freshness and like that spirit of like, fuck, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, my God, like we don't care. And just that like kind of punk attitude and obviously the songs. But um, I think that was one of the things that stood out the most out of uh, other bands and like got our attention 
in the UK, mainly it was the UK first, and then it was America was like really close by, like um, like the states. Uh, but no, like for two years or three years when we were like touring and like selling out venues everywhere in the world, we were like the most hated band in Spain ever. Like, Why? Seriously. Because we were girls, we were happy, we were young and we were uh, wow. go- doing something no one has done before in Spain, which is breaking the interna- in the international scene. Like it is normal to have bands from France to go to the UK or the UK right. to go to American stuff. But like Spain, kind of like up until Which a makes few years no ago. sense, right? Because Spanish no is such a, it's, it's honestly one of the, what is the percentage of Spanish speaking people in America? I don't know, that's close to, close to half. It's got to be, that. I mean, the, yeah. everyone that I meet can speak Spanish and yeah. or is Spanish first language. Like it's, I know, I know there's I different... It, it was more, I mean, there is also like a very big, big difference of like kind of like style of music. It's like right, pretty specific. Right. Like, I don't know. It was, I guess that and that because no one had done it before, no one dreamed about doing it. You know what I mean? Like we didn't ourselves when we started and like we had like our first manager was a Spanish manager. And like when we met with him, he was like, so what are your goals? What do you want to do? And we literally were saying, we just want to play like around the corner or maybe like go in a van for two hours and play in this city, you know, like didn't even dream about what was, what actually happened to us. So it's just like, there was also a sense in Spain of like, Oh, if they're doing it, it means they are stealing my spot to do it. Kind of like that feeling of there can only be one band being an international band. And if I don't like it, then I hate it because it's representing the whole country or something like that. Like it was a lot of pressure for a band that started for fun, like, you know, like we had Right, you didn't have that. You weren't going into it being like, we are going to be famous. You went exactly, into it Exactly, not at all. We're idea. just doing what made us happy and what we were good, good at, you know? I mean, that's and, exactly why you are where you are. Pause the podcast! It's time to step away from the conversation with Anna from Heinz ever so briefly to share an extra special segment. We typically like to share our favorite live show or live stream of the week, but we wanted to continue on putting a spotlight where it's most needed and instead highlight an organization we think you should contribute to. This week, we're highlighting Brave Space Alliance, the first black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ center on the south side of Chicago. Brave Space is dedicated to creating and providing resources, programming, and services for LGBTQ individuals that are culturally competent and affirming. Their goal is to build toward the liberation of all oppressed peoples and organize community source resources in areas of health and wellness, visibility and expansion, bravery and solidarity. Just this week, we contributed every cent we've earned through our podcasting platform Anchor to Brave Space Alliance and encourage you to make a tangible difference by contributing whatever you can as well. Your contributions will go towards funding the organization's transformative community programs and providing free resources for people who really need them. So, go out there and donate. But for now, let us return to this week's interview. Back to Lior and Anna. Enjoy. That really resonates because I think about where I come from in South Africa and think about the, you know, the city and the music industry there. There are so few chances for a band to make it, quote unquote, to to break yeah. that barrier where they're not seen as only, a, a, you know, 
a South African band or only a band yeah, from Spain local, or Madrid. Yeah. And for them to make it, you're right. Other bands who've been slogging away for a long time turn and they're like, why are you making it and not us? Which is, right? again, yeah. such a strange thing because if you look at other small you know, if you look at Australia, that music industry, okay, yes, they, they have a lot of money being pumped into that industry from the government. Um, yeah. And they've got a lot of support. But they, I, I feel like they're all very supportive of one another. So I, I think don't know so if too. it's like a, is it linked I to... Think, I think it's a bit of everything. Yeah. And like also a bit of culture here. We, we're like, we like to kind of like judge each other mm. which is it's bad and and like obviously it looks like i'm just talking shit about my culture and i love it <laughs> but, no 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 uh, you just one, yeah you just probably talking. one of the worst part of it yeah is that it's like uh gossip and just like talking shit about that it's kind of like part of the culture which sucks and like obviously we're very far away as well on the sexism section like we're like not even close to being equal like worse than than in other places in Europe. So it's just, I think it was a little bit of everything. Like in here, it's like, you have to prove your point and like be solidified as a band and like play without looking at the guitar and like be the best of everything for respect and do the wildest solo, things like that. When actually I felt like when we started uh, in the UK, what they liked was the total opposite, you know? Like they've seen already people playing great. They've seen that, they've seen that, they're just, looking for something else that doesn't prove a point you're not a musician just because you know how to play with your eyes closed you know but how did you then make sure that it didn't affect you or do you feel like at there was a point where not having that um support from the local scene did that affect you at all yeah i mean it definitely affect us in the in the sense of like it, it literally made us cry a lot of yeah, times you know, like so awful. like just like you know when you start in any project especially when it's like something artistic you're like putting well not even artistic to be fair just something very personal I guess or something you really want to do or you dream about doing it's like you put a lot of yourself into it right so it's like whenever you get a criticism on that it's it just hurts even if you're not a young girl that is starting like it just hurts but especially back then back then we started like kind of like believing what they were saying and like believing we weren't good and believing we're, because you know when you hear it fucking like a million times yeah, no, you start to think cool. maybe I'm the one that's crazy you know but we were lucky enough to have like the the international support so it felt like when we were here it was horrible but when we were touring we were reminded by fans people industry and stuff it's like oh no okay so I'm actually liked somewhere even if back home they hate me like they fucking love this and we're selling records here and then we're going to Japan I don't know you know like we were lucky enough to have that support from outside. And also having that mind, I think as a creative, as an artist, whether or not you started out wanting to get to a certain point or having a certain goal, I think that it still shows that your your combined attitudes and also your attitude is so powerful when you just forget, you, you can take in what everybody's saying, but you're also looking to a point where you're looking for the positive as well. So like, oh, yeah, even in that one sentence that you just said, you were still looking toward a, a place that people have accepted you because you've accepted yourself. And yeah. as an artist who's public facing, the amount of shit that you've got to deal with, I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. That's exactly why I, I am on this side of the, <laughs> you know, because 
I just I feel I feel sometimes very very overwhelmed by how artists have to get that thick skin and then yeah. when they are so tough and too confident then people are like but you you're being too tough and too confident oh, yeah, you need you're to be cocky or you're you need, yeah. yeah you're too cocky be humble. Too sure. yeah. so be humble and then you go humble and they're like hey where's your confidence man like yeah, you're fake blah, blah, blah. yeah i know i mean the, the good part of of this whole project is like we have always presented ourselves on an honest way like we didn't create a persona or like another character like that we kind of like go when we go on stage or when we write, it's just like Heinz is a natural band and Heinz are Adi, Amber, Anna and Sissy, you know, that's it. Like that's us and that's the band. So like in that sense, it's just refreshing because when it's like, oh, you don't do that well, you don't do that, whatever. It's just like, yeah, because I'm a human being and I'm not perfect and Mm -hmm. whatever, but totally. I mean, just the fact that we named our first album, Leave Me Alone, Guess why? You know what I mean? <laughs> Guess why we're saying that? We're saying that to everyone. Like, leave us alone because mm. we are doing something we like and it's actually successful. Obviously, that's not as important as ourselves liking it, but it's like, it is working out. And then everyone was trying to, like, give their opinion, like, maybe you should do this or that or mm, why do you dress like this? Why do you say that? And she's like, just leave me alone because I'm doing something that I like and I'm, I'm enjoying. So and leave me alone. And there's also a cause for, like, figuring out your own shit sometimes. Like, when I, I love criticism. I, like, I really, I mean, I am a, criti- a tr- critic, you know, in terms of the arts. But I also love it. Like, you are welcome to give me your feedback if you yes. are, like, a trusted source. Like, you're close to me or you're somebody I admire but if it's like unsolicited and coming from like a stranger which I often get it too when I run this podcast I'm the host it's my show there aren't many female hosted music podcasts and often the the response is always like oh I hate her accent or um, wow. she's talking and it's literally like it's my show what how can I not talk it's but yeah, they would never say talk? that to a man ever like I it, hate that. you'd never say that to a man and there is a point where you're like great thank you so much for your feedback but also fuck you I am doing fuck you this because do you, you know because I love it shit. yeah I mean it's just obviously criticism like it's good when you want it and when you want to get better and when you're on a place where you're like ready, like, really okay, ready. what can I do better? Mm. You're ready for it. But sometimes, cause we're not superhero. No, no one is a superhero that I know. No one is a hundred percent always ready no. to be criticized, especially now being a female, being female on a band, like about everything that we do. Like, like it's just now with social media and stuff, it's just like such a, you need to know about politics and about environment and about clothes and about culture and about rescuing dogs and you know like everything and obviously about music and like it's just it is a lot it is a lot to be in the spotlight and to be perfect but I kind of like had to like learn like for example when we're like doing an interview and a lot of times it happens when someone is like oh yeah you remind me to this band and I don't know that band and they're probably an amazing band that it's the most classic thing in America, big for the culture and stuff, but I've never heard of it because I'm right. bad with names and I don't remember names. But also of bands you don't need to like, know every exactly. band. Like it's not your... So it is just relaxing and just being like, oh no, I don't know it. And trying and, you know, it's like an exercise of like, I'm not stupid because I'm not knowing that. I know a lot about okay. this, this and that and I don't know a lot about a lot of other things and that's fine. 
that's fine, you know? Well, there's no pretense to that, right? Like that's my approach with everything always as well. It's because because I'm in a position where I'm asking people questions, I continuously try and be curious because if you're talking about something that I don't know anything about, what is what is it good if I lie and say, oh, yeah, totally, like, I know it. Because all <laughs> it's going to do is limit my conversation. It's going to cut it short. Because yeah. what what goes on from, oh, I know. Like, there's nothing. You can't have a conversation. And then after that point, that you have to change the subject, which then yeah. puts the person that you're talking about into a position where they might feel stupid for bringing it up or yeah, like, like, or you didn't care or something. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's also, again, with music discovery, people sometimes are a little bit, uh, you know, hesitant to listen to music that has other than anything other than English or a, a marimba yeah. or an, you know, an African instrument or yeah. something in there that's a little bit unusual. But that's why I do love that, you know, you said in the beginning of this conversation that you've also incorporated spanish lyrics which yeah. i think is like but they aren't they're not overwhelming it they fit completely into the conversation that you're having on the record yeah i think so too like it felt uh, obviously when we were talking about it before i started writing this album it's something we wanted to do we were like hey w w like we didn't know how we were gonna do it like maybe a, a whole song or like half of the album or just translating some songs like we didn't know and then while we were doing it, because Sissy and I, we both write the lyrics kind of like at the same time. So like we meet and like we start writing together. Um, it came like pretty naturally because like obviously be, uh, like English and Spanish are such different languages, right? Like in the terms of like the amount of words, the phonemes we have, how they sound in different tones. Like there's just like this actual like kind of technical stuff that is very different apart from the meanings, obviously. So it's just like sometimes it felt so much better to sing in Spanish. Like it sounded perfectly right when it was just like in the backup of of the chorus or just like in one of the verses, yes, and one no. And like even the combo of both at the same time, just like it felt it felt like surprisingly natural for us to, to start writing in Spanish and kind of like to do a mix of both. Do you feel though that now in a way going back and, and playing in your hometown – do you feel like those songs might get a little bit more airplay? Do you feel like people might oh, feel... Oh, percent yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is there is still a lot of people in Spain that don't know how to speak English, like mm -hmm. on, a, on a very serious level. But um, yeah, a million percent. We played, actually, we did like a, a very tiny show yesterday, like a kind of like a promo thing in here in Madrid. And like already everyone was singing Good Bad Times. And like the Spanish oh part, like obviously... It was like really, really shocking to me because obviously it's the first kind of the first times we were playing the songs and they already knew all the lyrics and like oh, but it's so it catchy. was cool to hear them in Spanish though. It was super fun and and yeah, like our our labels actually are telling us like how like Spotify and uh, I don't know like all these like big platforms are like really like helping us with the Spanish songs because it's like of course I mean if people can understand it, people can sing it and they're gonna like it better, right? Like it doesn't have to be always like that but it, it helps if you understand it so so yeah totally it's great like we obviously we didn't do it for that but it's great to see that, that it also that's comes happening yeah it's happening absolutely when you guys all first got together you mentioned now that it was the first bands that you had all individually ever been in yeah. so do you remember the first concert that you all played together like the very first performance of course i remember yeah it was it was crazy it was at this um this like 
kind of like a contest of bands, like bands oh, that were right, starting, like, um, like upcoming. What do they call it? Um, America. Battle, 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 battle of, of the bands. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. So it was just like basically really, really new bands that had like almost nothing recorded and stuff. So you were kind of like pre-selected and they gave you, if you were pre-selected, you had like two months of a studio, sorry, of a rehearsal place for free, which is a lot. So two months of rehearsal sort of free. And then we all played in kind of like a all day or in little venues around the city. So first of all, when we were pre-selected, we were a two-piece. Like we were already a four-piece. Was it just you and 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 C- Me, C-C. C-C, yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, so it's just us, okay? And we had written like four or five songs or, okay. or demos, like not even finished songs. So suddenly we get pre-selected and we're like, oh fuck, now we have to play a show, you know? Like it's, it's going to have to happen and it's only two months. So we started like looking everywhere, obviously, like because we wanted to be like a four piece and we wanted all it to be all girls. And it was really, really hard back then to find female musicians. Not Maybe not because they weren't, just because they're not on the spotlight, right? So it's like, if you don't know them, you don't know them. So we asked Adi, who was a guitar player, and like we begged her, please play bass with us. Even if it's just temporary, like we need to play the show, do it for us. And she was our best friend, so she had to say yes, we forced her. <laughs> uh, and then we found Amber that, that knew how to play drums. She actually was the best musician out of all of us back then because um, she had been in classes for like quite a while. And she automatically joined. So like the day we met her, the day after we're already rehearsing with her. Uh, so we had those two months to kind of like put up a show that was kind of like 30 minutes long because obviously not even the songs were enough to fill up the uh, yeah. kind of like the stage that we had, the stage times. So we kind of like wrote a little demos and like parts of some songs and stuff. And while we were rehearsing for that, we released two songs. So the first two songs that we ever released, which were Bamboo and Trippy Gum. Mm-hmm. And Bamboo automatically started getting like plays in BBC six and like getting us interviews and like it went mad from nowhere just because of the internet. Like we didn't even have promo pictures or en- literally anything like so not wait, ready did at you all. upload it to like SoundCloud? How did you? Yeah, ba- Bandcamp, Band which is even Camp. older than SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just put them there, literally there. And like someone from the enemy, uh, heard it, liked it and did like a tiny review. And then someone from line of best, we did that and did a little bit of a bigger and then DIY, like just all these like British press was trying to like uh, get interested on us. And we were like really overwhelmed just by the fact that we had to play in a band together. (laughs) Like now we have to do that. And like two weeks before of that show, our label, Lucky Number, like our UK label, they like they were like kind of like chasing us because they wanted to be our label and stuff. And they were like, well, where can we meet you? Where can we see you live? And we're like, uh, we don't know. And suddenly they found out we were playing in Madrid and they were like, okay, we're booking flights. We're coming. We're coming. And we're like, what? <laughs> our first ever, ever show, which is already like, you already have all the pressure of just like having your having best friends. And you, you know what I mean? That's even worse than playing for unknowns. It's like playing for all your friends that you've been seeing in bands forever and that that kind of like helped us out in the beginning so it's just like your, your friends that know that you've been trying to start totally, a band totally. um so yeah and obviously it was sold out because it was free because it was a contest so it, it was just like mad but it went so 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 good like i remember it like it was so much fun madrid crowd is really really good in the sense of like it's everyone loves dancing so it's like as soon they as you start like fun. 
yeah, as if you put like a fastest beat, they're going to start dancing, you know, and it went great. It just felt really good. Is there any sort of like pre-show ritual that you all adopted before that show that you still have now? Like, is there or is there something that you picked up as you what's the last thing that you do just before you go on stage? The four of us, we're like kind of like go into like um kind of like uh, rugby players do, you know, yeah, what I mean? like, like a scrum. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So we do that and we say we say to each other like we're the shit, we're the shit, we're the shit and like look at each other kinda of like in the eyes and just say that as if we were just like I don't know, cheerleaders or like rugby that. players, like yeah. we're the shit shit and then we just like run on stage. Do you do you feel like that energy is needed to just ground you all so that you are all in one spot? You know, yeah, especially like you when you start being like more kind of like a, a professional musician, right, where we play so many shows in so many like different places different moods you're tired you're happy you're excited you're drunk you're you know it's just like every time feels different literally feels different so it's just like i i personally really need that mini moment of like just hugging and being like okay it's like the glue that's putting us up together like maybe you were doing an interview 10 minutes before or like having a phone call just you're sad that day or whatever it's just like you, it's the moment for me where I've totally focused and I'm like, okay, this is us. We're doing the same. We're great. We can do it together. We've done it a million times and today's going to be just another great day. So when, when you were younger and watching bands perform live, as a writer yourself, as a songwriter um, now, I know that you and obviously Cece write those songs. Did you ever see a, a, a performance that stuck out to you? Maybe watch a, a, an artist live where you really connected with their writing you know not only lyrically you know melodically as well was there ever a show that really stuck out for its performance for its writing for its writer just everything like back then when we started the band we were obsessed with like kind of like garage music Mm -hmm. because i think in garage live shows the the energy is so wild and like mush bits and like sweat and like like there's so much energy going on that we were just like absolutely like in love with that whole feeling so like the pirates are friends from here they used to play like almost every week and as well los nazis which is another madrid band um so them two were like kind of like our big brothers and heroes at the same time and then just like all these like kind of like north american burger records wave where it was just like the black leaves and ty siegel and like magda market too and stuff like in in that sense of like live shows and like music and sound it was totally that and then i really remember like stuck in my head the first year so when we when we were starting the band but we hadn't like released anything yet we went to primavera sound so oh. like the, the festival yeah the and festival in the world fun, right? yeah. yeah so we went there and we saw Haim with their first album. Oh. And like, I was shocked by the power that they radiated. Like, I was seriously, like, I remember after the show, like, looking at each other. And like, it's the most, like, crazy part about it is, like, the music that they do. I don't connect that much with it. Like, I like it, but it's not, it's not the thing that really, like, made me say, wow. That was, like, their live show. Like, I was like, fuck. It's just... I guess because obviously we hadn't seen that many girls on stage and like especially because we like garage music and like that was as most of genres male based right mm-hmm. so we hadn't seen that many shows with women on stage and like women being like so powerful and cool but natural but like fun like I don't know I was just like 
in shock when I saw them. And I kind of like obsessed and started like watching all their YouTube videos. I literally <laughs> right now can probably like remember. And like, again, it's like, it's just because it's someone like me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a you woman. Relate, so it's, right. I, I was relating so much. And I it wasn't even about the music, which is the craziest part. It was just like, wow. And they do that. And it, like, I was just obsessed for a little bit. <laughs> do you get a chance though? Because you have toured so much over the last few years. And even just talking to you, I think we started about talking. Uh, we started talking about tours this year coming you know all the tours coming up yeah. do you feel like you have a chance to meet these people these idols like have you met any bands that you know you've are you been able to watch from the side stage or watch them live from the you know from the yeah. pit or something and and a band that's really affected you and you know the a band that you love have you been able to do that much oh yeah a million percent we've seen them and met them all and probably played with them all <laughs> yeah I mean obviously this was like seven eight years ago right so it's just like we've seen a lot and done a lot since then and obviously the feeling is not the same but but it is cool you know it is it, it is very nice like especially well I don't know if Sissy told you but literally last month this Monday we we're playing with the strokes oh in my Belfast. wait this coming Monday no, no, the one before. The this, one before. The one that just happened. Like five oh, my days. God. You played yeah. with the Strokes. Ah. But, wait, but even more, because the week before we played, so we played this Monday, we played Belfast. And the week yeah. before we did Paris and London. Yeah. And in New Year's, we did New York. So it was just like, that, that has been the wildest in terms of like heroes and yeah. stuff experience. Because like, on a, on a bad way, when we started the, the band we and we started meeting our heroes and the bands we liked and stuff, I often was getting, like, disappointed. And, like, it made me really sad because, like, obviously when you love someone and you love someone's music, you want them to be incredibly awesome, you know, in person. And suddenly, like, I got really disappointed because some of them were, like, big dickheads. Like, I'm right. not going to lie. Like, they were, like turning us like fucking like, like garbage who are and, you? Mm. yeah like who are you why are you smiling mm, mm. whatever like you Ugh. you don't belong here you know not not like directly obviously no one worded that that way but but you that's know that's how you felt you, know, you, know, you get it, that yeah. vibe yeah you no, get I, it, like, I know what you, don't, you mean looks and and vibes are way more than words sometimes so um I started just like like secretly in my head because like we have we kind of like have met everyone that we look up to and except the strokes up until this year so mentally I was like I don't think I want to meet them you know like there's so many stories as well about yeah the tickets are like biggest rock stars ever like which they are and I was like I don't want to meet them because I don't want to get disappointed that's fine I love the music I don't want it to be ruined for me I don't want to stop listening to the strokes because they're dickheads so I don't want to meet them um and then obviously we got these offers and like we met kind of like briefly in New York and then that was really brief. So it was fine. And then these uh, tours, like these shows that we just did last week were kind of like smaller and like it was in, you know, cause they're American and this was Europe. So it wasn't like there wasn't that many like friends of them or I don't know, I don't know what happened, but like we got to hang with them every day after the shows and they are so fucking normal and so fucking nice and humble. I don't know if it's because they're a bit older or just... Yeah, I've heard, like, Julian's band played at uh, Iceland yeah. Airwaves, like, not last year, but the year before. And I was shooting Blood Orange, and I turned around, and he was standing right next to me. Like, he was, he had, like, slinky, wormed his way through the crowd. <laughs> 
to get to it's the crazy. front row of Blood Orange. And like no one, no big band does that. Like they, they feel like they're too pretentious. They don't want to like rub shoulders with right? you know, us mere public, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but he was right up there, right in the front because he obviously was just like us. And they are, it's everyone, like, you yeah. are. I mean, of you course. have people who think the same for you. You know? know that is so funny to me. Obviously, like when people are like, oh, "Yeah, but wait, you're drinking cans in the street," and I'm like, "Are you kidding? Like, uh, buy me one, or I'll buy you one because this is, you need to stop thinking I'm not the person that I am, which is exactly right. you with a van." <laughs> Did you get to ask any of them? Not advice, because that sounds silly. But did you ask them about their process or about like not not tips as such? But did you get a chance to connect with them in terms of talking about their music and their relationship toward performance at all? No, I mean we we talked. I mean they brought up some of our stuff and we talked about us and like they said what they liked and you know like they kind of complimented some songs or whatever. But no, we didn't want to kind of like cross that line and be like too much because obviously there has been stuff going on in between them, right? So we didn't want to, like, be too, like, mm, so what's this and what's that? You know, yes. which is like, we'll talk about whatever. Has anyone given you all. advice, like, from a band that you, you know, really idolized, your kind of hero? Has anyone given mm. you some good tips or told you, you know, something that's kind of stuck with you? I mean, probably, but I don't remember. It's yeah. like, uh, I think, this. I don't know how to word this without sounding like cocky but like a lot of bands are impressed by our live show so the, the impressed on the sense of uh, they they always come and they're like oh my god like your energy is so powerful and like you really enjoy playing and like I feel it's, it's a little bit sad because I feel like most of them are saying it because they are tired of playing you know and they see us and it's like oh I remember that this was supposed to be fun you know um, but you ignite that out of them. I mean, the, your live show is its something I've never, I haven't seen, you know, when I first saw you all those years ago, I think it was at Primavera. Really? Your, yeah. Your, and I remember no, no one was, you know, there was a lot of like UK press about you and yeah. it wasn't so much in the US yet, but you had kind of yeah. taken over the UK and the rest of the world. And the crowd was like running. I remember they ran from like, and you played early. It wasn't too late. Oh, I, I know. But definitely. What... If you, we always kind of like get bats a lot in Spain. <laughs> so on the road, because you guys obviously had a run where you're just on the road all the time touring, do you have like any habits that keep you from feeling in that whirlwind of like drama and uh, lack of yeah. sleep and lack of routine, do you have anything that grounds you to make you feel a little bit more human while you're out on the road? Like what are the, yeah. what are the things that you use, like the tools and resources that you use to make sure you're okay to function and write songs and play live? Um, I think I, this is very personal. Okay. So I'm, I can, I can only talk about myself, but yes, of course, um, um, obviously it, it makes me really happy when someone we know like a friend or like obviously especially my boyfriend when he comes like it makes me feel like a human again you know it's just like oh we can talk about something else because you know when you're touring you're with the same four or six people with crew constantly literally constantly and like the most dangerous part of touring that I, I have realized uh, on a on the bad way is like you get like kind of like stuck in this like madness 
of um, like excitement and being tired and partying and being hungover and then playing shows and like selling out or you know it's just like a lot of adrenaline but like very tiring and very like high speed things that then afterwards when we came to to Spain and like actually had a break it was pretty tough to me to like get used to a chill normal normal life which which is actually the life I prefer, you know, not in the sense of like, oh, I'm not made for this. I'm only made for rock and roll, <laughs> you know, not oh, at all. Of course. It was just like you're missing something. And like when you tour so much, you actually are not there for a lot of big moments of the people that you love or like fucking, I don't know what's happening in the government in Spain. Like, you know, from more personal to more like generic stuff, like you're missing things. And then because it's so hectic being on tour you kind of like think that nothing else is happening like in the sense of well, this you're is in the a bubble. exactly the bubble. That, yeah that's exactly what i mean and it is dangerous so for me like i'm gonna i've been like this whole year i've been like kind of like painting home so like i really i'm already like planning on like okay maybe these colors i can get and like i'll mix them and i'll sketch it in the van like i'm already kind of like making plans of how i can do more like chill and things that i actually like doing as a human and not just as a body that's constantly traveling right so like bring it on the road yeah, yeah or like to podcasts really like relaxes me and like obviously you learn so much right and it's just interesting and like yeah just reading podcasts and like hopefully if i can paint a little bit so when you get to a new city do you have because i know your tours are always so packed like i just remember when i was covering you at the one festival i was like oh they're playing at the next one i'm going to to cover and it was like okay you're gonna and you just even mentioned like benny kassam and mad cool like all those ones they're all around the same time so when you get to a new city you might not sometimes have the chance to look around, but when you do have like a day off, what's the first place that you go to to find out more about that city? Or what's the first thing that you guys tend to do? Uh, definitely walk. Yeah. Because that's something that's a big luxury for anyone that's in a band because we don't get to walk at all, like constantly sitting down and just waiting. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, usually when we get days off unfortunately is because the the driving times are so long that they need to be split in two days without a show because we wouldn't make it on time so it's not it's never like day off to relax right it's just day off logistically because you can't yeah a a robot can't can't drive yeah (laughs) exactly but if we if that happens yeah we always try to like go to like a flea market or some Mm. something outdoors and like because I, I think it's also because of being Spanish, like, and from Madrid, we, we're used to, like, walking everywhere. Like, we're not, like, when, for example, when we go to America and everyone's like, oh, we will Uber there and that and that, when we're doing press and, like, our label is, like, booking Ubers, we're like, but wait, it takes just five more minutes to walk. Can we actually walk? And they're like, oh, yeah, you want to walk? Like, as if it was weird. It's like, obviously, I want to, like, see a little bit, breathe yeah, a little bit, get the so sun in much. my face. I know, you know there's something about like having that it's not only having the air and like feeling your body move but you're also then taking the time to see things and exactly when you navigate that... like your brain then is locked into that navigation yeah as opposed to like being mindlessly just like a numb sitting in the back of an uber totally uh-huh. totally but yeah that's what we try to do just like walk so so in terms of like okay so now you you're prepping to go on tour do you have a country that you haven't gone to and played in 
that you because I'm just I want to look at your set list now where you have played because yeah that is ex like you've played in so many like you've mentioned Japan so, like you've played yeah. in so many places around the world is there a country that you haven't played yet that you that you'd really well we to? haven't played nowhere in Africa actually and mm. I've, I haven't either personally been and this is gonna sound funny but I love traveling <laughs> like yeah. like on a on a touristic level yes and, and yeah like it's Africa it's somewhere I would fucking love to go and I know it's a lot to say Africa, right? Because it's, it's just like saying it's America. So much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so much and so different. And I was talking actually yesterday with like a friend that I just met and Russia, he was from Russia and I've heard apparently there's a really super cool, crazy scene in Russia, like of fans that oh, go wow. to shows and because they don't get that many shows no, whenever a, a band is playing yeah. while, is it? Well, How look, I mean, I've just looked now. Okay, so I don't know how accurate this is, but you've played more in the United States than anywhere else, which is Probably, yeah. crazy. The UK is second, obviously Spain, and then Germany. Where do you think that? How do you see that? I, I went on to, so if you go to Setlist FM, so Setlist.fm. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, you don't yes. know about Setlist FM? No, no. Oh, I'm clicking right now. This is so now. funny. Okay, now this is going to okay. be amazing for you. Okay, so Setlist FM is this, it's basically Wikipedia for bands touring. What? So it shows, it. so people, it's user submitted. So when fans go to your shows, they'll upload what your setlist was uh. to this. You see how many times you tour in the year. Obviously, sometimes... Oh you can't wait, wait. There's actually every show we play, like the one I was telling you in Belfast, it's right there. Yeah. So, oh, of course. And then your first show, I don't know if the Battle of the Band show will be on there, but it shows you if you if you go into, yeah, I'm just looking through. If you go to like artist statistics and then into tour statistics, you can go into song. Like you've played Bamboo 123 times. Oh, definitely more than that. Is there a band that you feel really close to that you would love to tour with? I would actually love to tour, obviously, more with The Strokes or with Arctic Monkeys. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Like, this is something... I don't know why some people think Arctic Monkeys are lame, but, yeah, Alex Turner's, like, melodies and lyrics are, to this day, my like, on my top five ever writers. And... I just I, I love it. I I love I love the songs and I love the lyric. Like I love a lot of them, and I would just like to like get to hang with them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lastly, why do you fit into this lifestyle? Like, why is it so? Uh, why does it resonate with you? Uh, I think because I'm brave, and we all are in the band. And you know, to like any change, like social or musical change first comes with someone crazy doing something brave, you know, and I think we all are and we've been since we started the band. So it's like, it's refreshing and we don't overthink too much some stuff and especially more on like a feminist way. I think the fact that we present ourselves like we are in reality, it's really important that women like us, which are normal women, get in the spotlight because it's like we get a lot this vibe of like interviewers or like just people saying, whoa, you, but wait, you all drink and you party and you smoke. And, and it's just like, yeah, like any other of my girlfriends, yeah, you know, like, like I'm, normal. you know, I'm not an alien. I'm not doing anything that not none of my friends are doing, but it's just like, 
right now I think like women in music they're mainly like uh, kind of like represent in the pop culture so it's more like super beautiful and like always perfect and slow and like you know just like everything is kind of like really taken care of which is awesome like I'm not at all criticizing that I love that but it's I think that creates a little bit of a false reality of women and and I think it's important that that you know women like us normal women get shown and it's just like everyone gets used to the fact that we can also yell we do also sweat and swear if we want or just speak our truth this must be the gig is produced by Adam Kivel. We'd like to thank Dean Berger and Daniel Breiter for additional music, as well as the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey! If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TMBTGPod. And generally, just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again, and I miss you already. Consequence Podcast Network.